Welcome to the Sparks and Space podcast. I'm your host, Ailish Lucas, and each week I'll be bringing sparks of inspiration to ignite into your business and the space to remind you who you truly are. I'm so excited you're here. So let's dive in. Hello, my loves. I hope you are all really, really well. I came across this interview that I did a little while back and I just couldn't not share it. So this week I wanted to introduce the amazing Christy Whitman, who is a transformational coach. She's a celebrity coach and she focuses on quantum success. And the interview was just so juicy about how to find joy and the seven universal laws and I just thought there was so much goodness in it that I really wanted to share it on the podcast so I really hope you enjoy it I am really excited to listen to it again and make some more notes and reread her book and I would absolutely love to know what you thought of it because it's a little bit woo, but we love a bit of woo on this podcast, as well as the science. So I thought I would pop something a little bit longer on here to give you the space to percolate all the golden nuggets and to just really, really enjoy listening to how to build quantum success in your life for more joy. So enjoy. And today I have such a special guest with me. I have the amazing Christy Whitman, who is a transformational leader. She's a New York Times bestselling author. She's founder of the Quantum Success Coaching Company. And we're going to be talking all about universal laws and how they can help you live a happier and healthier life. So thank you so much for joining me, Christy. I am so happy that you asked and it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Hi, everybody. Oh. I was just talking to you before and I said I first came across you when um, I listened to the James Wedmore uh, podcast and he had interviewed you and I was a little bit obsessed with what you were talking about because I really love the law of attraction and what you talk about with the universal laws which we'll get into in a little bit but um, I like to start off the interviews um, asking what your morning routine is like because I am fascinated by them so could you give us a little bit of insight into it? Absolutely. So it depends on the month, but I get up at 5.30 in the morning and I go in and prepare and I have a big, large community of people that come live either on Facebook or on Zoom. And we do a meditation together for about 20 minutes from 6 to 6.20. And then I go and cuddle up with my husband and wake him up. And as soon as he starts to rattle around, then I go upstairs and I wake up my uh, my baby, who's not a baby anymore, my eight-year-old Maxim, and I cuddle with him until he's awake, and then I go in and wake up my um, my firstborn, Alex, who is nine, and um, cuddle with him. And after everybody's been cuddled and everybody is awake, I either go to the gym and I do a nice workout, or I'll go back in and meditate, or just start my day, and, and um, that's usually what my morning looks like. So it's usually with some type of cuddling and you know, touchy feely with my boys and my husband and get to be filled with all sorts of love or I meditate first. If I'm not doing that, if it's a month that I'm not offering that, I wake up, I immediately meditate, start the whole cuddling process and then uh, start to work out. 
Oh, that's so nice. What a lovely <laughs> way to wake up and start your morning every day, filled with a whole heap of love. Absolutely. I remember as a kid, my mom would wake me up very abruptly. And I told myself if I ever had children, I'd want them to wake up in a way that was really calm and that they could come easy into their bodies. And I'm really grateful that my kids love that and that they're still receptive to it. And, um, and I'm, I'm grateful because I get to receive all their love. So. Oh yeah, that's so true. Cause my mom always used to shout at me in the morning, Hey Lish, get up. And I'd be like, Oh, just be quiet. <laughs> Very much. Uh, like everything needs to be calm in the morning. So I would appreciate you as a mom if you did that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So we want to talk, uh, well, I would like to talk about the universal laws and um, how we can apply these to our lives. But can you tell us um, what are the universal laws, how you first got into them and what they done for you? Yes, they literally, knowing about them changed my life. And it, it wasn't like I got introduced to them in the sense that, um, you know, I, I kind of searched and, and learned. And, and the more I learned and searched, the more I, I obviously attracted so universal laws, I talk about there's seven essential laws, um, and I can talk about what those are, but universal laws are laws that exist for every single person. It doesn't matter if you're Irish or Italian, or if you're living in the United States or the Ukraine, it doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man or what your religious background is. These universal laws literally were created when the whole you know universe was created. And many people throughout time have known about these and have intuitive senses about them but they work whether we're aware of them or not. It's kind of like gravity. You know, you and I don't have to sit here in our chair thinking about gravity or else we float off into outer space. Gravity is working whether we're even talking about it, thinking about it, or even know about it. But it also makes sense that if you're at the side of a building or if you're gonna hike a mountain, that you don't walk off those things because you're gonna go splat, right? So universal laws is really important to understand because we are we know this now from science from quantum physics that everything is energy and that we live in an energetic universe we live in a vibrational universe and so we are like energy towers that are sending out a signal all day every day and we generate energy inside of ourselves and that energy is generated by the thoughts that we think the perspectives that we hold the beliefs that we have what we say what we do what we feel. And these are all energetic signals that go out into the universe. And all energy carries a vibration. And that vibration is communication that goes out and then is matched with equal frequencies. And so if we are thinking thoughts of limitation, we're going to get more evidence back of limitation. If we're thinking thoughts of abundance, we're going to get back evidence in our world of abundance. And when I um, came across the universal law and started my opening to this truth, um, it was about 21 years ago. And I just was so unhappy in my life. I mean, I really, it, it was like I wanted to achieve all the things that my mom and dad and society told me would make me happy. You know, if I got a college degree and entered into the workforce and got a good paying job and had money and had health in my body and had friends and a boyfriend and all those things, then I would be happy. And I found myself in my mid-20s saying, well, I have all this and I'm miserable. I'm, I'm unfulfilled. Like I'm not happy. And so that really, that asking put me on a quest. And I landed in front of a woman who um, said to me these words, which now are commonplace that most people have heard because there's so much what the internet has done and, and, and the, you know, the fast um, 
way that this information has come across because of the secret and Oprah talking about it and, and that sort of thing. But 21 years ago, she, my, my teacher said to me, um, you create your own reality. And when she said that to me, I don't know how I knew that to be true, but there was something inside of me that, that said, yes, that's true. And I, I was shocked to even hear myself know that. And then she went on saying that you are either repelling things from you or attracting things to you by the thoughts that you think. And so that was another like head scratcher. It was like, that's true too. I don't know how I know this, but it feels so truthful. So that was my quest that I started paying attention to what my thoughts were. We didn't even get into emotions or perspective or beliefs or what we say. It was just thoughts. And as I started to pay attention to my thoughts, I saw how negative my thoughts were and how critical I was of not only myself, but other people about God, the universe, how judgmental I was. And I was like, wow, I mean, this is so, and I started opening up to understanding that there's a huge difference in lack and limitation and in thoughts of contentment and abundance and joy and that those thoughts are in different frequencies and they feel different and they attract different things. So as I started to apply it and started to shift just my thoughts, that was back, back at the beginning, it was just my thoughts, just shifting the thoughts. I actually started feeling different because thoughts lead to feelings. Feelings actually lead to a different action, which leads to a different result. And so I actually started shifting my thoughts, feeling better. And then I started attracting very different things in my life. Whereas before I would only track like the bad guys, like I was a magnet for bad boys and I love bad boys, you know, like the worse they were, the better they were for me. And all of a sudden I started attracting really nice guys. And, and one in particular that I was in an eight year relationship with, he was the first nice guy that I ever really dated and ended up marrying. Um, but my thoughts led me to release a lot of weight because I was a size 10, which is, a, you know, for, for some people that's a perfect weight or size. For me, I'm not even 5'2", so that was a big weight for me. I was 30 pounds overweight. I started easily releasing the weight. I found a great paying job. At that time, I was $60,000 in credit card debt. So all of a sudden, it's like I was out of credit card debt within two and a half years. My body had gone back to a natural size four. That's pretty much where I stay. You know, um, The quality of my relationships improved. Like everything was improving. And it has continued to do so as I continue to apply these universal laws. So do you want me to list the, the ones that I feel are the most important, like the seven essential laws? Yeah, I think that would be great because I think you've just piqued everyone's interest with like, <laughs> oh my goodness, how do I do okay, that? Well, we've run out of time now. So we'll, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the first law, I think most people have heard of it because that's the law that was featured in the movie, The Secret. And that's the law of attraction. And when you think about it, it's like, if you think about it from the perspective I gave that we're energy towers sending out a signal, what we send out is being matched by law of attraction. So there's some people that say, well, law of attraction doesn't work. No, law of attraction is working all the time. And it's not like, oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to be fair to her, but not fair to her. Whatever we're asking for in the way that we ask and what our vibration is, we are getting back. And that's what I love about law of attraction and knowing about this is that if there's something I'm attracting into my life, I have to take personal responsibility and I, and I'm not a victim. It's not like, Oh, this is happening to me. God doesn't like me. And this is how, you know, and I'm like this victim to circumstances or situations. I get to look at situations and go, 
okay, that doesn't feel good. How, why am I attracting that? How am I attracting that? What are my thoughts? What are my emotions? How am I feeling about that particular subject? And then that's where the law, second law comes in, the law of deliberate creation, is that we are the ones that get to choose our thoughts. We get to choose the emotions. We get to choose what we want to say about it. We get to choose every single part of our relationship with everything in our universe. And as we deliberately, instead of being reactionary to things, as we deliberately choose how we want to react, how we want to respond, what's a no, what's a yes, all these things, we then are in the power seat to be able to attract the things that we deliberately want instead of creating by default. So the third law is the law of allowing. This, this I could go on and on about this law, but this is like, it applies to us, how we feel about ourselves in relationship with everyone and everything, and of course the universe. And when we feel constriction, when our hearts are closed down, when we feel that we're in that place of protection, um, we're not in a space of allowing. And it's hard for things to flow to us. It's like when you think about an ocean, right? The waves come in and the waves come out. When someone's constricted, there's, there's a release. There's no flow there in order to release the energy. So um, it's critical in manifesting what you want. And then the fourth law, which is my favorite, I have courses designed just from this one because I feel like this is the law that pulls them all together. Because I get people tell me all the time, well, there's seven laws. How do you apply all seven laws? If you master this particular law, it makes all the other laws fit in together. And then you're focused on one law, which is the law of sufficiency and abundance. So the law of sufficiency and abundance is that the universe literally only knows abundance. So if we're focused on lack, we're going to get, we're going to get an abundance of lack. If we're focused on abundance, we're going to get an abundance of abundance and lack limitation always feels bad, always. And abundance always feels good. And the doorway into abundance is that place of looking for positive aspects, feeling satisfied. It's a lot of sufficiency and abundance. So being satisfied with where you are and excited for what else is coming is the best vibrational place to be. So that's one of the most important laws for me. Then there's um, the law of uh, pure potentiality, which when you're in a space of abundance, it's like there's potential and options and choices for any given situation. If you have a thought, an idea, a desire that comes in, you have the ability to manifest that into a reality because there's energy that's in pure potentiality form that one wants to manifest itself into matter. And by our focus on it, we get to do that. So then there's the law of detachment, which is whenever we're feeling like, which most people are like, well, how would that happen? The how, the who, the what, the when, the where, all that stuff. If any of that gives you any type of anxiety or tension or resistance, then you're not detached. And that's when you're, you're blocking the flow of things coming to you. You're blocking the energy. And then the last one is the law of polarity, that every subject really is two subjects. There's the lack of it and there's the having of it. And so people could say, well, I'm focused on making more money, but I don't have any more. You know, it's like the vibration, the energy is still on the lack of the money, not on the abundance and the feeling of being satisfied with what is in order to attract more money. So those are in a very quick nutshell, <laughs> the seven essential laws. <laughs> That's so juicy. And I love those, particularly the last one you were talking about. And I think it's great for you talk about them in your book a lot, which I'm talking a little bit more about in a second. You mentioned about the laws of polarity and also abundance. And 
I think they're, they're really interesting things to talk about because I know that I struggle myself with when I'm building my business. I'm really focused on trying to like provide value and give an amazing service. And, but it's also like the, the lack and abundance thing definitely comes into play for me with like say hitting income goals and things. And it's like, it's definitely being satisfied in one area and, and satisfied with what you've got so far and then getting excited about what's what's happening in the future but it's also like there's this niggling feeling in the back of your mind sometimes where it's like oh god like is that it and is this all I'm ever going to happen and how am I actually going to get to here and move myself upward and like just all the how is it going to happen how 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 and I feel like that's such an interesting thing to talk about so is there anything that you would recommend um, or any exercises that you do with any of your clients that would really help people with, say, for example, we'll take money because it's a hot topic and how they get from being satisfied with what they've got now to having an abundance of what they want and the steps to get there, but also also doing it on a consistent basis because I feel like when I do these interviews, they're like a shot of inspiration and it's like, okay, now what? after the interview. So it would be great if you could talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So there's, there's many tips and tools that I could give uh, hundreds of them actually. So I'll just share a few of them here. Um, when you notice that you're in lack, which most people have, most of us as humans have been programmed in lack. Our media does it. Our advertising does it. Most of our parents, whether they were intentional, intentional about it or not, they were in lack and limitation. All the, the bounded parts of us that don't feel good, that tell us that we can't do something, that we should do something else, that we, you know, we have to, we ought to, we, you know, those kind of things. These are ways that we're in chaos and drama with anything in our lives. These are when we're in lack. And that's where most people um, have their perspective, unfortunately. And in, when you're in fear, when you're worrying, when you're in doubt, um, and that's like a dominant vibration that you have, you're in lack because lack always feels bad. Lack, the perspective of lack always leads to feelings of being feel fearful. I'm fearful about my future and if I'm going to make more money. I'm worried that I'm not going to have enough money to pay the bills. You know, um, I'm doubting my ability to make more money in the future. My parents always struggled for, with money and now I doubt that I could get, have a better situation than them, right? So this is a conversation that we're always having with ourselves and that conversation, just as it relates to anything in our lives, but particularly you mentioned money, if we're in lack, in, a, in bringing that lack energy into our relationship with money, the evidence of it is going to present itself. So we don't make enough. We don't have enough opportunities. We don't get enough clients. We don't hit the goals that we want. All of that kind of stuff. Instead, abundance always feels good. So the way you do that is you have to really shift your vibration energetically with money. So for example, a bill might come in and I'll just share what happens with most people, right? A, an unexpected bill might come in and you're like, oh my God, like freak out mode. How am I going to pay for this? I wasn't expecting this. And then what you're doing is you're sending out a vibration of not enoughness. I don't have this. How, in it, how am I? Fear, 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 right? So these lower level vibrations, because all emotions have a range of vibrations. So like love, appreciation, gratitude, excitement, passion, they're on the one high end of the spectrum. And you've got fear and doubt and sadness and powerlessness and all that on the other end of the spectrum, which is coming from lack. 
When you are thinking those thoughts, you can ask yourself these three questions. What do I want? Why do I want it? And how do I want to feel? Because anytime we want to feel some way, when we want to accomplish a goal, when we get a new level of income coming in, when we have a, a level of money in the bank or a partner, whatever it is that we're wanting, we all want something because we're, we think that when, once we get it, once we have that achievement, we're going to feel a certain way. And that's where we as humans have it just completely backwards. It's like, go achieve that, then you'll feel. But how many times do we go and achieve something? We're like, well, that didn't do it. Maybe I need to make more money, or maybe I need to have another kid, or maybe it's not this guy, maybe it's a different guy, you know, always looking for something else outside of ourselves to fulfill us, which doesn't work and can't work because we have to have that feeling of fulfillment, of satisfaction inside of us in order to, to attract the things that we want. So when you start to focus off of what the problem is and what the contrast is, what you don't appreciate what you don't want, the fear, the doubt, the, all that other stuff. And you ask yourself, okay, the bill comes in. What do I want? I want to have enough money to pay all the bills, even the unexpected ones that come in. Okay. What's enough money? I want to have an extra $5,000 a month, $10,000 a month, whatever it is, right? I want that. Why? Because I want to feel secure. I want to feel a sense of freedom. I want to take that trip. I want to go buy those pair of shoes that I've been want, wanting to see. I want to go buy that new skincare line. I want to have the freedom to have more choices in my life, right? So these are the whys. And as you are shifting and thinking about the whys you want something, you're shifting off of what you don't have, the dissatisfaction. You're shifting into the imagination, the feeling sense, the satisfaction of what that would feel like. And then you ask yourself, well, what is the bottom line feeling? So what do I want? Why do I want it? How do I really want to feel? I want to feel free. I want to feel secure. I want to feel content. I want to feel happy. And then start to bring in that feeling of happiness. How do you do that? You could do it through meditation by aligning with the energies that exist in the universe right now that are frequencies of joy, love, success, happiness, of opulence, prosperity. They all exist right now just as easily as lack and limitation and fury and fear and worry and all those other ones exist. It's a spectrum of frequencies and emotions that exist right here, right now in any given subject. So we, as a deliberate creator, get to choose the frequencies that we want to be in because we've already said, we've shifted. What do I want? Why do I want? How do I want to feel? I want to feel free. So what would feeling free feel like? Ah, oh, that would feel so good. And then consistently making that part of our vibration. Affirmations are wonderful ways of doing that. To be able to say, I am free. And then feeling what it feels like to feel free. I am free in all aspects of my life. I am free financially. I can choose what I want to buy. I can choose what I want to do. You know, so it's keeping yourself, if you look at it from a spectrum, don't go here, shift off of here and go over here instead, allowing yourself to feel the flow of the energy that does exist. It's just us that has to tune our, our energy tower to the right frequency. Yeah, I love that so much. And what I noticed was, you mentioned about feeling a lot. Now I used to do everything you were saying, but I would really struggle with the feeling side of it. So do you have any tips for how somebody can get into that feeling really quickly? Because 
I would be like, okay, I'm going to do my affirmations. And they say like, I'm healthy and I'm prosperous and like whatever it was. And I'd be like, okay, that's fine. But like, I, I, I don't know how to like feel healthy and prosperous or like tap into it really quickly. So do you have any tips on that? Yeah. So when doing affirmations, this is what I see a lot of people doing. Affirmations are a positive statement about what you want to create, obviously, in your life. And what most people do, though, is I am abundant. I'm abundant. I'm abundant. There's no like connection with, it's all in the mental body. There's no connection with the heart center, with the power, with your whole embodiment. You have to feel it like from the tip of your toes, like I am free. That's when you evoke the feelings. That's when you, st- you evoke the whole part of you, not just the head part. A lot of people are walking around with their mental bodies just la, 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 and they're, they're not embodied in their heart and in their solar plexus area where they're actually feeling and in touch with their, their emotions. One of the, the things that I do um, that is really my advanced work, if you will, or when I work with clients is healing work. Because what happens is we go about our lives and we have something that happens, what I like to call a bushwhack, right? So we're feeling joy, we're feeling happy, we're feeling relaxed, we're feeling excited, whatever emotion it is that we're feeling. And all of a sudden we get a phone call and we get some news or someone says something to us, someone does something. We get a text that's just really rude or hurtful or you lose your job or you have any a variety of things that can possibly you know, bushwhack you. And what happens is our hearts close down in self-protection. And what happens is energy then gets blocked. But it's not just negative energy. It's not like fear gets blocked. The closing down of the feeling that we're feeling in the moment of the fear, say, for example, it blocks the joy that we were feeling. So we're going about, we're feeling joyful, we feel good, boom, and we protect. So we've got blocked energy that's happening inside of us. We're blocking the joy. So a lot of times, or we're escaping, I do a whole program on, on vice freedom, how we're drinking too much coffee or smoking too much weed or drinking too much alcohol or shopping too much or gambling or, you know, sexing or whatever it is that we are using outer things, sugar, outer things to try to make us escape because we're not feeling connected inside. And when that happens, we want to escape ourselves. So we do some other behavior outside of ourselves because we don't feel good and say that we smoke too much weed or we drink too much alcohol. Now we feel bad about ourselves because we did that. So now we're putting more shame in our bodies. And so it doesn't feel good to feel the emotions that are stuck. And when we cut off any type of emotion, whether it's fear or doubt or anything, we're cutting off the whole spectrum. So if you're cutting off the fear inside of you and you just go smoke cigarettes so you don't have to feel the fear or you don't have to feel the anxiety, you're also cutting off the spectrum of joy and love and prosperity and abundance and all the good feelings as well. So it's really simple to understand that because I used to be afraid of feeling my feelings too, because if I really felt how angry I was, oh my God, I'd probably either kill someone or, or hurt myself. But when I started realizing that emotions are just energy and you don't have to go do anything with those emotions. It's doing something with the emotions that actually gets us in trouble, like yelling at someone or hitting someone or you know, doing something like that. When you actually take the time to just open your heart and feel the emotion as energy that's pulsating inside of your emotional body, which is the lower part of your body around your reproductive area, it's like keys on a piano. The most dominant, ding, it's, it has a tone. 
And when you let that anger out and you finally allow yourself to process it, you're actually free. And you, you get to be in a space of allowing more of the non-physical you to help you feel good because that's really the alignment that all of us want is feeling fulfilled and feeling satisfied. And if we're not, if, if we've got too much gunked up emotions from our past, that energy can't flow through us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. So just summarizing that, um, you really feel like to, to start feeling the good feelings, we've got to almost do the healing first and then we can, st- when we're starting to process them, then it's going to be easier for us to connect with the good feelings of I am abundant and really, really feel it in our bodies more. Yes, because we're actually protecting ourselves from feeling, say, abundant, right? Or feeling free. Well, the last time I felt free, that bad thing happened. So I got to protect myself from feeling that feeling of freedom. So that's one of the things that we do is we're protecting ourselves from feeling the good feelings so that we don't get hurt again. Mm. And, you know, that's why I wrote in Quantum Success that for me, I went into my career and I did all these things and I'm like, you know what? I've been really successful, applied all these universal laws to my life, um, to my business. You know, I was a pharmaceutical rep at the time, was winning all sorts of awards. And I thought, you know, I just don't feel like I'm on purpose. I, I don't know what even feeling on purpose feels like. So, you know, for somebody else, it might be like, I don't know what being thin and, and fit feels like, or I don't know what it feels like to be abundant or prosperous or whatever emotion that we want to feel. For me at the time, 17 years ago, it was purpose. I didn't know what it felt like to be on purpose, but I knew that I wanted what I did in the world to have some type of meaning because what I was doing didn't. And so I would take time every day to connect with what I thought and imagining, conjuring that up, practicing feeling what it feels like to be aligned in, in, on purpose. And what happened was because I started to cultivate that in myself, whether I'm imagining it or if it's real or not, what happened was the energy started opening up in me and then my first book came through me. And then it was like, I followed that path of publishing my first book and doing that led me to speaking and then led me to coaching, which has then led me to healing and channeling and, and you know, writing more books. And, and now when I'm with clients, I just did a couples retreat this weekend with my husband, it was so brilliant. And it was so beautiful and it doesn't feel like work to me. And everything I do and everything I put out is because I'm on purpose. And I know I created that because I created the emotion and the feeling first. Oh, I love that so much. That's, that's brilliant. Do you do any healing meditations? I do. Um, I do healing meditations every single, pretty much every single month on Facebook. If you go to Christy Whitman International um, I do, you know, healing workshops. Like I have several that are in Scottsdale, Arizona, where people come in the room and I do healing work because I can see holographically through people what their blocks are. I also work with guides um, that I'm full on channeling now that they come in and they work on the person. And so um, it's, you know, it just, it, it, I just love where my work is evolving. So yes, I help people through meditations, through healings, Um, be able to release all that stuff so that they can be a clear alignment. Because as I talk about in Quantum Success, you know, to master anything in your life and to create anything in your life, especially in your business or money, is to have alignment first. Alignment means being in a place of feeling good and feeling that non-physical creative part of you, that, that consciousness that is in a higher space 
than we are because who we know ourselves to be, the personality, the problems, the contrast, the triumphs, the successes, the relationships, the hurts, the, what all, everything from the time we were born until right now, whatever age you are, that's only 4% of who you really are. The other 96% is the creative energy, the God force energy that flows through you that's actually breathing you right now, that woke you up this morning, that's beating your heart, that allows you to take a breath in. And when we start to understand that we are more than just this 4% personality, that there's so much more to us, then we're starting to understand a power and a wisdom and a love that's so available to each of us that most people are never even aware of, never become conscious of. And when we can get in alignment with that, then we're coming from inspiration. And when we take action, we're creating a momentum that's like, oh, I mean, it's like exponential. It's, it's quantum success. It's not just step-by-step, linear-by-linear. It's alignment and the momentum. And um, you know, people are amazed to go, wow, you, you do so much in your life or you've created so much in your life. Well, if I would have just known myself as Christy Whitman, and just done everything from my personality and not tapped in, you know, I'd, I'd be killing myself. But it's like the flow of energy and inspiration that comes through me because I'm aligned, I get to experience and create and do so much more because I'm in the flow that's guiding me instead of me having to be driven and push. It's the difference between motivation, like, come on, get up, do it more and more, and inspiration. Mm. I love that so much. And it's so, so true because I know that when I'm in the flow of doing something, I feel connected and I also work 10 times quicker. You're just like, yep, got it. Know what I'm doing. Come on, let's go. Um, Whereas when I'm in the kind of like the push of life, everything just feels a bit harder and stuck. And I'm like, you just feel a little bit more lost. And that's definitely something like I try and work through myself, but I'm going to definitely have to come onto your Facebook lives to come and do some of the energy healing. Cause I just think that's phenomenal. That's so, so interesting. I wanted to talk a little bit about how we can use these laws in your book and apply them to each area of our life. I know there's seven laws there, but it would be really interesting to be able to talk about the most, most common one that people come to you with. And because if we, we talk about all seven of them and how apply, how to apply them, then we might be here all night. But if we talk maybe about the most common problem and the, the women come to you with and how you coach them through it, and because I feel like that would be really helpful. So let's talk about money because most people, um, well, we, we all need it. <laughs> but, <laughs> we should whether we accept that we need it or push it, you know, whether whatever level we, we all have made an agreement somewhere before long before you and I were even born that money is the medium of exchange. That's all it really is. It's if you want to live in a house, you have to pay for either the rent or the mortgage. If you want to, you know, have heating in your house, you have to pay for that service. If you want to drive a car, you have to pay for, you know, what the car costs or the car payment or the gas or all the things that go with the car. And how do you do that? You, you do something of value in the world that you get paid for. It doesn't matter if you're a ditch, diver, ditch, ditch digger or if you're a plumber or if you're a motivational speaker or if you're a coach or a healer. It doesn't matter what you do as far as that value, but that's how we earn money. There's four things that you can do with money. You can earn it, you can spend it, you can invest it, save it, and you can give it. That's all. That's all you can do with it. But most of us have a very convoluted relationship with money. Now I need to say this, 
all relationships, I don't care if it's with your mother-in-law, your mother, your husband, your kids, your coworkers, your clients, money, your career, your weight, everything, all relationships begin inside of us with the thoughts that we think, with the feelings that we have. And it's like, you know, when you think of being mental telepathy type of thing, the, the energy and the thoughts that we have about a certain thing actually either repel those things from us or attract those things to us. Now, most people, when they start to understand that money is also energy, money is green energy. And when money, what the great thing is about money, it's very different than a guy, for example. Guys come with their own programming. They come with their own opinions. They come with their own baggage, right? Money doesn't. It doesn't have an opinion. It doesn't go, ooh, I like her, but I don't like her. It goes where energy either flows or it's blocked. It repels. So when we can look at what is our beliefs about money, I see this all the time because I train coaches, right? They think that money is not spiritual. And there's just even like from a religious perspective, people have said, oh, money is the root of all evil. No, the Bible did not say that. The Bible said the love of money is the root of all evil. And so people take that even to mean you can't love money, you can't appreciate money, you can't want money. That doesn't mean that either. It means make your alignment, make your God self where you go for your own understanding of your, your supply, for your creativity, for your possibilities, for your abundance. Money is a reflection of that connection. But if we go outside and make money the thing that we feel will fill us up, that's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. That's what that means. But most people over time, whether it was our parents or our grandparents or their parents, have made money be the bad guy. And that we shouldn't want money because people that have money are greedy. Or the people that have money, those are the bad people. Those are the people that do bad stuff with it. Well, look at this day and age. One of the most wealthiest women in the world, Oprah Winfrey, she's very generous. She's a philanthropist. She does good things with money. So money is an amplifier. If someone is you know, at the core of who they are, a jerk, and you give them money, it's going to make them a bigger jerk. If you have someone that is a really generous, loving person and you give them more money, they're going to be more generous and loving with that money. It's all what's in our programming, in our makeup, and what we've been conditioned and, and, and the hurts and the pains and all the things, the traumas that have created if we're in alignment or not. And so when we can look at what did our mom and dad feel about money? What was their relationship about money? Because we were soaking that in as a small kid. If we saw our parents constantly fighting about money, in our minds, we made a decision about money. Money is a bad guy. Money's bad. Look, they're fighting again of that thing called money. Long before we even understood what this thing called money was. Or if our parents never even mentioned money, it was like a taboo subject. You can't, oh, no, no, no. You know, now it's like this money is this big mystery thing that it's like, I have no idea how to get it. I don't know. You know, all I know is I'm suffering because I don't have it. I'm working really hard and I'm not getting it enough. I, no matter what I do, I seem to never be able to pay my bills. So there's this whole thing that we as individuals need to clear up with money. And the way to start doing that is look at the law of sufficiency and abundance just on the subject of money. I don't care if you've got $2 in your purse and you don't have a savings account, you've got $2. Can you find a space to be appreciative of that $2?
you know, if, and I see people that are, you know, I, I coach celebrities and multimillionaires and, and, and big influencers, and I still have to work with them and help them reprogram their stuff on money because a lot of people feel like, well, now I've got it. I've got millions. Now I'm terrified I'm going to lose it. So there's this fear energy that they're giving towards money, right? Or I, I, I feel like I'm going to make a mistake or someone's going to take it from me or, you know, there's all this energy that goes into this relationship with money and it's us, not money us that has to clear it. And so when we can be in a place of appreciating, no matter how much money we have, whether it's millions of dollars or $2 in your account, the, the sum does not matter. It's the energy. And as soon as you start to evoke appreciation and gratitude for what you have right here in this moment, being satisfied, remember again, satisfaction is the doorway into abundance. That creates a whole different relationship with money and you attract it. You actually become attractive and flowing to money. But if you take that $2 or those millions of dollars and you're like, it's not enough. I need to make more. Um, this isn't going to get me anything. You know, I'm not going to be satisfied for the rest of my life. You're in lack and you'll continue to attract more things that will be evidence of that lack. You'll lose the money. You'll have someone steal the money. You, you know, you, whatever it is, you keep getting more and more bills that you unexpectedly didn't know that was coming. So that's how you apply the law of sufficiency and abundance is look for the positive aspects of any type of money that you get. I, re I remember one time I got a $10 uh, royalty check from one of my books from my publisher and I opened it up and I was like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, and I'm like, oh no, wait, I could buy coffee for that for me and my husband. I could buy lunch. I could, I started listing all the things that I could do with my money. And, you know, it's important to feed each interaction that we have when a bill comes in, you know, what do I want? Why do I want it? How do I want to feel? And then bring in that feeling of, of, of satisfaction. It's funny that you kind of say that sort of thing. Cause I think, you know how like tax, everybody hates to pay and they're all like, Oh my goodness, I hate paying tax. Well, I ended up putting on my little tax account and I set up my business, a little smiley face with it because I was like, I am so happy that I get to um, earn enough money to be able to pay tax. So whenever I put money in there, once I've been paid for something, I see the little smiley face and I'm like, yep, brilliant. And I think it's just things like that, which are really simple, but it can help switch your mindset a little bit that helps you with going into that abundance mindset more. And so I loved everything that you said there. It's so, thank you. And it's so true. Like just even the, the concept of taxes, it cracks me up. I had some drama yesterday from my cousin who takes care of our kids. She's 21 and she was given a 1099 and she was, she had a $8,000 1099 freaking out that she had this $8,000 1099. Now she's going to have to pay taxes on it instead of being like, wow, you really, you know, I got $8,000 from you last year. I'm so abundant. You know, it, it was this the whole big dramatic thing and with taxes, it's like people just get so, you know, and one of the ways that you can look at money, people think, oh, that's people are, you know, the government's taking my money. No, that's a give. That's in the give pile. You're giving money for clean roads, for ambulances, for, for if there's a fire, you know, if, if all the things that taxes pay for. Now, you may not agree with every place that your tax money goes to. But think of the schools and the, and the education. Well, I don't have kids. Why should my taxes go to schools? You know, you might someday, but you drive on roads and you have policemen that, you know, go around your area and serve and protect. I mean, there are things that you can look at. It depends on where you put your perspective. 
And if you look at it, you know what? I want to give lots and lots of money to taxes. I want to give that because that means I'm making a lot. Hmm. Exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I love that. So just to go back a little, so for us to when we want to feel more abundant, more in the long term, we're going to be looking at how, um, how do we want to feel and those three questions that you asked and then also giving um, appreciation for where we are now and the money that has come in now. And then also that because then that drives us into living a slightly more abundant life. Are there any other steps that we need to be taking? Those are good to get started. I, I have a series called Watch Your Words and you can go to watchyourwords.com. Um, saying, watching what we say, because in the beginning there was the word and even think about it when you think of thoughts, there are strands of words together and the words that we say can either expand us and empower us, or they can literally put us in a place of lack. So for example, um, one of the phrases that I tell people, you know, so there's what we feel, there's what we think, our perspectives, our beliefs, you know, there's all the actions that we take, but the words that we speak, and even to ourselves, we don't have to even utter it, we can say it to ourselves, those words have creative power. And so when you say something like, I can't afford that, mm. you are declaring to the universe that you can't afford it. And it feels horrible in your body because you feel limited and we are unlimited beings. And so anytime we are siphoning ourselves off from that unlimited potential, we feel bad. Lack always feels bad. Abundance always feels good. So instead of saying, I can't afford that, you could say, I choose not to purchase that at the time because I'm going to pay my rent or I'm going to pay my car payment. I'm choosing not to buy that. Because in reality, you could go buy that and not pay for your mortgage. There's consequences to that, but it's still your choice. Or you could say, instead of I can't afford it, that's not a financial priority for me right now. Yeah, that's the one that I always say. Yeah, it's not a priority for me right now, or I can't justify it. Um, and I don't know whether that, I, I haven't actually reflected on that properly to see whether it means that I'm saying I'm in a lack mode or not, but I don't think it is when I say, um, I can't justify spending the money on that because of other, because I want to spend it on other things. Usually can't, the word can't constricts us. Okay. Right. So, but you have to see how it feels in your own body. Right. And instead of saying, I can't justify that right now. Right. It's like, hmm. That doesn't feel good to spend right now. Mm, I like that. I think, and that feels better. Like, because I, I always think with my energy, um, uh, like kind of chakras. Whenever I feel constricted, it's always in my throat. Um, and so when we were just talking, then I could feel a slight closing in my throat. Then, so what, like changing the word "can't" out is definitely something I should do going forward. Yeah, so there's a whole 30-day series of it. Can't, should, ought to, have to, don't, know. Um, I mean, I, I could go on and not try. I mean, there's all these words that when you really look at what they do when we say them on an energetic, vibrational level, I give you words to say or phrases to say instead or perspectives to have. And when you start shifting that language, your life absolutely changes because the vibration just little, little, you know, they say it's a uh, small hinges, swing big doors. It really is like the little tiny things that you do that make a huge vibrational difference. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I wanted to move on to, um, if there's one thing that you could teach people who are watching this video now, what would it be to help them live a happier, healthier, and more abundant life? 
I would teach them to be the energy mastery, energy master of their own life. Um, I have courses on doing that. It's that when we understand that everything is energy and that all energy carries a vibration and that nothing is something that's happening to us, but that we can literally direct the health of our body. We can direct the money that flows into our lives. We can direct all good energy and then get it back to us. We are the energy masters, not only of our bodies, but of our lives. And when we can know that and feel empowered by that wisdom and, and really be able to choose the frequencies that we want running inside of our veins and therefore out into the universe, we understand what comes back to us. So it's really you know, understanding and applying the seven essential laws, but really getting that you're not just here haphazardly having things happen to you. It's like, it's all happening through energy. And as you become an energy master of your life, things change. Yeah, I love that so much. So I know that um, you have a very special offer for everybody who's watching today um, with regards to your book. So um, this is Christie's book and it's the um, Quantum Success, the seven essential laws, I'm sorry, the seven essential laws for a thriving, joyful and prosperous relationship with work and money. Now I've listened to this before and I've also gone through and made like notes and underlying things. And I'm sorry if you're, Christy, if you're one of those people who likes their books perfect, I'm like, dog ear everything right all over it but um yeah you mentioned you've got a lovely offer. no the dirtier the book for me that means that the more wisdom it has in there and that the person is feeling resonance with because my books are like that too they got scribbles and dog ears and you know and, and the more that book has then the more that i'm getting out of a book so um yeah you can go to quantumsuccessbook.com um i think you actually have one of the galleys because the only prints that's out right now is a hardcover so when you go to quantumsuccessbook.com um, you get the hardcover book. I just ask that you take care of shipping. And so we'll ship you the book. Yeah, so. that's amazing. And where can people find you if they would like to learn more about you and more about your courses that you've got? And where's your Facebook page as well? So christywhitman.com. It's pretty easy. <laughs> any way you spell Christy or any way you spell Whitman, you're going to get there. So christywhitman.com is my main page. Um, I give tons of, I have a show that comes out every Monday. I have tons and tons of YouTube videos on the universal laws. Um, my Facebook page is Christy Whitman International. My Instagram is Christy Whitman One. So um, lots of different ways to find me. Brilliant. Well, I just wanted to say um, and uh, say thank you firstly and acknowledge you for taking time out of your extremely busy schedule. I think it's absolutely fascinating what you do. And I have got so much out of this interview personally. I'm absolutely going to be going checking out those um, energy courses because I just think they're so important. Definitely make sure um, you let us know if you get one of the books as well, because it's just absolutely brilliant. Like I'm, I'm seriously, seriously love it. Oh my, I loved that interview so much. I just felt there was so much goodness in that. And I think I did actually say within the interview, yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> so I really hope you loved it as well as a little bit of a longer episode. And if you did really enjoy the episode and get lots out of it, then I would be so grateful if you could subscribe, rate and review the podcast because it really helps to spread the message about Sparks and Space. And also I would love for you to get in touch with me either through my Instagram account, which is I am Ailish Lucas, 
or through my website, which is alishlucas.com. And that is A-I-L-I-S-H-L-U-C-A-S.com. But for now, my loves, have the most wonderful day and I will see you on the next episode. Bye for now.